0: I'm Hal Humphreys. And I'm John Nardese. And we're doing this live today, um, the Sound of Pursuit Live. We'll see how this goes. It's going to be, I'm going to guess, a little bit on the entertaining side. Um, we've, And when I say entertaining, I mean we may screw some things up along the way, but bear with us. Um, so John and I uh, had a little bit of conversation about this um, earlier over the weekend, uh, the latter part of the last week about the things we wanted to talk about today. And the first thing that comes to my mind, um, that I think is, is interesting, um, and, and useful for private investigators to think about, um, you know, the Idaho murder cases is all in the news right now. And, um, I saw an article in, um, express, uh, UK last week and, See if I can get this to show up here. Express UK. So this is a this is the news article. Express.co.uk. Um, Idaho murder suspect hires private investigator to mount strong defense. And one of the things they talk about in here is the idea of hiring a blood spatter expert. Um, John, on your first hearing, on your first reading of this, I mean, when someone says I'm going to hire a blood spatter expert, what do you think?
1: Red alarm, red alert, <laughs> red flags. Uh, n- you know, not that any expert hired by the prosecution is going to be using junk science, but this is one that has been flagged by many, many defense attorneys and judges. And um, you know, the fact that I, I love the the title. And
0: John has frozen up on us. So I'm going to go real quick over here to junk science from the Marshall Project. So if you if you want to learn more about junk science, and there are some serious problems with, um, with blood spatter analysis, but it's not the only area of junk science. Um, there's also just this world of problems with, with junk science. And if you want to learn more about those things, um, I can strongly recommend that you um, – check out the marshall project and um if you do that you're likely to see um and there's john Nernese back with us again um, yeah. i was just we lose yeah we lost thing? connection there just for a second so i was talking about junk science and and the myriad ways that, that junk science presents itself this is um this is out of the Marshall Project. And if you're a private investigator, I strongly suggest you, you check out some of these resources we're going to mention today. Um, the Marshall Project is a fantastic resource for attorneys, investigators, private investigators, those kind of things. But also, um, ProPublic is a really good uh, source of information. The Intercept The Intercept is one of my favorites. Um what are some others that you think of, John, for, for just news articles and things to kind of educate yourself on um, current happenings and stuff like that?
1: Uh, I take a look at Northwestern's, the Center for Wrongful Convictions, oftentimes is excellent. And um, more generally, I like uh, Epic.org, the privacy organization in terms of broader things related to private investigations in our, in our industry. Right, so those right. two are always great sites to check out.
0: So this first website I have pulled up is is the Marshall Project. They've got um, a collection of links in here that they've curated on junk science, and and the first one that that I want to come up to is um, hang on, me, all right, yeah, this this um this guy right here, he teaches police witching to find corpses. Experts are alarmed. So, John, what what do you call witching? What are there any other terms you can think of?
1: I think you and I were talking about this is like the old-fashioned dowsing for water. You know, these somebody's walking around with with metal rods, supposedly. Yeah, it's like
0: in, in the South here, they, they call them divining rods. These two little metal yeah. rods that will come together when you're over a source of water, in theory. Um, I mean, I have not read this article all the way through, but it's shocking to me that someone is using divining rods uh to assist in, in investigations um it falls yeah i mean doesn't it seem like using um a
1: psychic possibly <laughs> it's it's that's right along the same line i mean he the claim is that these rods are able to pick up high levels of compounds cons- consistent with human decomposition but there's an absolutely zero studies done on this. I mean, you could pick up, I mean, some of the the comments on the article have talked about you're picking up decomposing leaves or decomposing organic matter from animals. Uh, there's just nothing to it. There's no testing. There's, there's never been a controlled study showing that this can be done. But uh, he's training a large number of people to do this. And, and in some courts, it looks like they're actually introducing the evidence, which is shocking, really.
0: I mean, I've, I I would say I'm shocked, but the, the longer I do this work, the fewer things actually shock me um, that they end up getting into court because. All right. So the first one we talked about was um, the defense team for the accused in the Idaho murders. So his family has hired a private investigator um, who is a blood spatter expert. Um, <clears throat> here's the thing if the prosecution's going to bring it in, then why not have the defense bring someone in? I get that. Like that, that, that notion doesn't offend me. What offends me is we're calling something science and giving it credibility
1: when there is none. Yeah. Yeah. And if both sides are using junk science, it's, it's not as if that makes it right that all of, a sudden, all of a sudden you have some better outcome. Both sides are relying on things that don't work. How do how does this happen over and over in certain jurisdictions?
0: And you had mentioned uh, before we started bite mark analysis. That's another one that's been debunked. Um, talk to me about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, bite mark evidence is very interesting area. You know, it was used for many many years. This idea that you could look at. Uh, a crime scene and bite marks on a body and then in the absence of any real uh, uh full say a, a complete set of tooth markings on somebody's body you could somehow discern that that second tooth relates to this suspect's uh bite mark which you would you know you would get as a separate uh, sample from that suspect and compare them and oftentimes you were comparing one or two teeth marks on a body to this to some suspects entire dental record Uh, it was used for many many years and we had a case here the Gary Sifazari case in Massachusetts was one of the first bite mark cases and Gary Sifazari remained in prison for decades until an attorney with the New England Innocence Project scanned the record literally looking for bite mark cases that she could challenge all the credit to her for doing that. She picked it up, and within about six months, we had that conviction overturned. Uh, it it was overturned for a number of reasons. One was that the, and, and full credit to the bite mark expert who testified in that trial in the 80s, he submitted an affidavit saying he was wrong on some of his c- conclusions, which was really important. Uh, many experts will not do that, as you know Hal, They'll fight you know even years later that they're, faulty affidavit is, you know, standing the test of time. But this this expert retracted a lot of that. And we also had a uh, a DNA hit on a police informant, which also contradicted a lot of the evidence at the scene and we were able to, to overturn that conviction. So bite mark evidence, any any investigator out there that comes across any case where you see that kind of evidence, you really want to take a close look at that.
0: Yeah, and you know I think everybody is well on page that um, hair follicle analysis has has been pretty well, thoroughly debunked. Um, There are so many areas of quote-unquote science that have just been proven to be not reliable. Um, I'm thinking specifically of one specific type of expertise. And, 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 I want to run through a, a list that I've heard over the years of like people that claim an expertise in, in different things. Um, deception detection. Yeah. You know, body language, micro expressions, voice stress analysis. Um, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Bite marks. I mean, there was a, there was a case, I think it was in Texas where they used a dog's smelling a, a man to show, show that he was a guy that did the thing. Um, yeah. All manner of, you know, these experts in different fields. The blood spatter thing intrigues me um, because, you know, John, what would you think would be required to be an expert witness?
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that you, when you read the, some of the literature on, Blood stain or blood spatter analysis—you can become an expert in this. So, imagine this: you're just you're you're somehow working in in a related field or maybe an unrelated field, and you take a forty-hour course, forty hours, and so that's basically one week. You go Monday through Friday, eight hours with a little break for lunch. Hal, I'm trying to think of how many things I've done for forty hours. And whether I I would be qualified as an expert, that is the baseline to become uh, qualified under uh, this gentleman's courses as a blood stain or blood spatter expert.
0: It's astonishing. Um, I I, I talked to I talked to an expert witness one time. You know, one of the jobs that I have as a private investigator, sometimes working with my attorney clients on defense cases, is I'm charged with vetting the experts. Like, they've got an expert witness they want to bring in. They've never worked with them before. They'll say, How go check this guy out, see if it's legit. I looked at one. He was an expert in cell tower triangulation.
1: Yeah, that's a common one.
0: He was also an expert in cell phone forensics, computer forensics, voice stress analysis, blood spatter analysis. Um, Like, there were like 15 or 16 different expertise that he felt competent to testify on as an expert.
1: And that's terrifying, yeah, it is and and related to to what you just said about backgrounding an expert i'm I'm sure you've come across this. It's always interesting when attorneys ask you to background an expert, and then you can bring up as most investigators do we We background everybody, we background people on employment cases, we background regular witnesses. It's amazing how often they don't background an expert in the normal way, in other words, you're looking for Evidence of bias, evidence of convictions, evidence of fraud. You can background an expert just like you would do any other witness. Is that something that, that you guys do in, in, in a lot of these cases?
0: Absolutely. Um and, and not only that, not only bias, but we're looking for all right, so for an expert witness, what you're looking for is an independent, third party, non biased opinion about a thing about a specific thing. So I do expert witness testimony as a valuation expert. I'm a certified fraud examiner. I'm a 30-year veteran of the real estate valuation um, game. I'm I'm certified general real estate appraiser. I have the credentials to testify as an expert witness on matters of value when it comes to real estate, right? Um, If somebody were to vet me as a witness, they would find all of those things and be able to say, oh yeah, he, he's definitely got the qualifications. But the other thing they would find is I have worked for the State Department of Commerce and Insurance as an expert witness basically for the prosecution. And I have worked for individuals and insurance companies as um, an expert witness for the defense. Yeah. That balance of testimony makes one more credible as an expert witness. So if you're looking for expert witnesses, one of the first things I look for, have they ever testified
1: for both sides? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're always going to be and I do a lot of sexual harassment investigations and related to that, we're always encouraged to take cases on both sides. Yeah. Because you're going to be you're going to be attacked as a as simply testifying for one side and sort of slanted to that one side and if you're going to be an expert or a witness, you want to uh, you want to defend against that.
0: And a lot of times when we're, you know, when you're taking an expert witness under Vore Dyer, the attorney is in a court of law, the jury has gone out of the room and they're asking them questions to, to draw out the truth, met one witness. Um, one of the things they often ask is, have you ever testified for the defense? And yeah. on, on the prosecution side, it's almost always no. Right. That's um, true but that never gets in front of the jury. Um, I mean, I guess it can. Um, I just think it's interesting that expert, true experts, in my opinion, are capable of talking about the subject matter in which they're an expert in an independent, non-biased way and not trying to make a case for their side
1: or the other side. Absolutely. Exactly right. And related to, you know, we started this discussion about Blood spatter and uh, blood stain. Uh, I recently have come across a case that we're just getting into, and you'll love this. It involves an expert in paint spatter, paint spatter, and the person. My understanding is that the expert worked at a hardware store. I thought you. I thought you
0: were going to say the expert no, just, worked at a worked at a paintball range.
1: <laughs> it's not. It's not much better. The expert worked in a, uh, a hardware store and was very familiar with mixing paint and was allowed to testify as an expert in the way that paint splattered on a wall, which was was relevant somehow to the case. We haven't fully examined how he was qualified to do that. It it doesn't look like he ever ran any experiments. It just looked like he was sort of, like all of us, anecdotal evidence saying, well, you know, nine times out of 10 or seven times out of 10, white paint looks like this when it gets thrown up against a wall. It's amazing. I mean, it's, It's something that we're looking at in a case.
0: You know, yeah, it's terrifying. So I want want to get back to blood spatter, and I want to to go through a couple of these articles that we've got on blood spatter. If you're interested in the topic of blood spatter analysis, um, I strongly recommend that you go to ProPublica. They have a series of articles specifically on blood spatter called Blood Will Tell um, really good in-depth reporting about blood spatter analysis and the junk science behind it. Um, John, have you ever dealt with, um, just a straight up blood spatter expert?
1: We have not seen much of it in Massachusetts. I'm sure that it has been in in some cases I've I've heard of it, but I haven't directly run across it in, in any of the, uh, wrongful convictions or criminal cases yet. Okay. But Let's talk
0: about some other types of junk science. Um, and again, I, you know, the, the topic today started off with um, the Idaho murder case, and they hired a private investigator. That private investigator is expected to testify as an expert in blood spatter analysis, which leads us to the topic of junk science. I do want to take just a second, and it's now mid-roll time. Um, so we're going to go to uh, the hashtag for the week, which is junk science if you want to talk about this on twitter if you're posting um on our youtube page just use the ha- hashtag junk science um if you want to find us on twitter you can find pursuit mag at pursuit mag on twitter my twitter handle is at findpi john what is yours Author P.I. At Author P.I. on Twitter, you can find John Nardizi. We're all there. We're all available. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, do me a favor. Click down right underneath this video. Subscribe to the channel. It doesn't cost you anything, and it helps us out a great deal. If you're listening to the podcast, you can find us on YouTube um, with the YouTube handle at P.I. Education. Um, and go check it out. Check out the video. Check out—you you get to see John's beautiful face and my hairy face on the screen doing this podcast <laughs> live in real time.
1: What a team we make up! Huh? <laughs> we, we cover all the bases, all the bases.
0: And then finally, if you are in need of continuing education, um, you can use the discount code Science One Hundred One to get fifteen percent off of any course you'd like to take from PI Education. Um, just when you get ready to check out key in the phrase science 101, it is not case sensitive. Um, so get yourself a discount there uh, at PI Education. Okay, coming back here to the main screen, um, you're listening to the Sound of Pursuit coming to you live from Studio B at the PI Education World Headquarters right here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Hal Humphreys, and this is John Nardizzi. And John, tell us where you're coming to us live from. I'm coming live from Boston, Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts, so um so we've we've covered some of the websites about um junk science, of course, the ProPublica site is a great resource again, um blood will tell it's a series of articles. this one written by my pal Pam Koloff uh talks about the blood spatter analysis um in Joe Bryant's murder case. Um, it was not accurate or scientifically supported. And interestingly enough, John, for the story, Pam Koloff took the 40-hour course to become
1: a blood spatter expert. Didn't realize she's done doing fantastic work in this area. So, yeah, so she's not, so she can now testify in these different jurisdictions. She she jokingly sent me a text right after getting through the class. I'm now a blood spatter expert. Like, Awesome.
0: Yeah, awesome. That's well, exactly have you, have, what we need.
1: Yeah. And have you seen the article that talks about the police witching uh, expert or dowsing? Uh, yeah, here, we hang on, it. hang on, here we go. Here
0: we go. Witching, here it is. The Marshall yeah. Project.
1: The he, There's another invention, and, and we just want to flag this for any investigators working out there. You might see in the future uh, a reference to something called a quantum oscillator. This was described in the article and the, t- the teaching is as follows. Everything in the universe vibrates at a specific frequency. Gold has a gold frequency. Silver has a silver frequency and your DNA has your frequency. So if you take a fingernail clipping from a person, you can then find the missing person. So this, this was all part of the class. And the, in the gentleman teaching, this was asked, uh, you're saying that if we if we get a fingernail clipping from this missing girl and we use this quantum oscillator, we could find her. And he said, yes. And they said, what's the price? We want to buy one right now. And he said, uh, I'm just kind of assisting law enforcement when needed, that they're not for sale right now. So I don't know. I don't know, Al. If you if you, if you had a quantum oscillator that could find missing children, do you think you might want to uh, have that available for, for sale to various police departments and investigators I mean, working on these cases? I, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's an episode again,
0: of doctor who. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, um, you know, all right. So here's it, the thing. To...
0: If, if, if a quantum oscillator were able to off of a single fingernail clipping, find a human being, like use my, like find my phone, like you use it. If, if it we're able to work like that, Number one, it would be so funded by every government agency around. Number two, it'd be free and available to everyone in the world. Um,
1: and number four,
0: nobody wants that.
1: Yep. And again, where is the data? The hard—I mean, this is something that could very easily be tested. You could have peer-reviewed research. You could you could have tests that you run where you actually pick clippings from people's fingernails and then find them but you don't see it you just have these claims by uh so-called experts and again this this gentleman is considered an expert in this area uh and this is something that could be coming down the turnpike i mean it's sad to say but there's a there's a lady
0: there's a lady who, who sells a course on deception detection and she was identified as being one of the top fifty human lie detectors based on this test that the the Ekman group ran. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And, Paul Ekman. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I, I have no problem with people taking training from Paul Ekman. I have done. I have no problem yeah, with people me too. I don't mind people reading about deception detection and body language. I think there's useful material in there. But at the end of the day, Um, The Ekman study, where she was identified as one of the top 50 lie detectors in the world, um, was not a scientific study. Right. And, you know, one of the the actual scientists who reviewed it said, he said, look, if you took 15,000 pennies and you flipped each one of them 10 times to find heads or tails, probably five to 10 of those would land on tails more often than heads but that doesn't mean they're better at landing on
1: tails than the rest of the cards
0: it's just that that's how chance works
1: exactly and the other thing too is when you read some of the lie detection studies or you actually read deep into paul Ekman's writings a lot of these guys will stress that just because you have certain indicators of say surprise or disgust, and these are some of the what he claims are the uh, universal signs that that appear across cultures on people's faces, and with in the face of certain stimuli, um, it doesn't mean that they're lying. It, it's simply an indicator that this might be a sensitive area for this person. This is why the reaction is surprise, or disgust, or or anger. It doesn't mean they're lying. So. Everybody always wants that sort of uh final easy you know i th- this is how you can tell somebody's lying this is it it's it's that's not really what the research that has been fruitful is going to tell you it's just areas of sensitivity
0: here's the thing if I said I love Kim Green right now, I'm looking up <laughs> and to the left does that mean I'm lying <laughs> about that i mean that it's insane it's absolutely yeah. insane here's the thing studying body language is crazy useful for a private investigator because it, you can learn when someone is uncomfortable about something and all exactly. in the world that does is tell me i
1: want to ask more questions about that that's right that's right it's just a cue to keep going and explore and investigate that area it's not a a flat-out sign that they're lying about something and, and the the whole that example that you gave of looking up and to the left one of the amazing things about that is uh, we all know where that came from and i hesitate to even give too much lineage to it because it's been debunked neuro-linguistic programming for right. detectives um so you know you know that i write and read crime fiction i'm a am uh, a big fan and i i read other authors that example appears over and over even in some of the most famous authors writing today they all they've all read that somewhere and you always have the, the hero PI looking at someone's eyes and it shoots up to the right and they say, Oh, the guy's lying. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not the way it works.
0: Well, you know, I've, I've, I've sat through, God I don't know how many countless jury vor dyers, you know, selecting the jury process where they're asking the jurors questions. And some of those have been on capital cases where you get to do individual voir dire And the number of times I've heard just, normal citizens selected to be in the jury pool sit in the box and answer the question can you tell when someone's lying yes i can how when they look up into the left <laughs> right i mean it's it's yeah it's in that thriller yeah. written by michael
1: conley it's got to be true yeah that's right. Um, crime fiction has spread that throughout the populace absolutely you yeah. see it everywhere yeah yeah and it's, and it's 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 gonna it's gonna take a concerted effort by everybody in this industry to sort of teach people that's really not backed up by anything. And, uh, uh, you know, the origins for that, for neuro-linguistic programming was actually counseling where you had sort of longstanding, uh, relationships between a patient and a, and a psychologist or psychiatrist. And even there, they were never, they were never sure that it really worked, but somehow some enterprising trainer in law enforcement read those, some of those studies and carried it over into, uh our field where it's sort of been perpetuated for decades now.
0: And the funny thing is it becomes ensconced in law, you know, through precedent, it was accepted as an expert thing in this case. Blah, blah, blah. But then when it's used, neurolinguistic programming techniques are used in the example of Nexium, Everybody's yeah. like, Oh, that guy's a fraud. We knew that all along. But at the end of the day, if it's going to make a prosecution case, they're going to use it if it's going to make the case. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: it is, yeah, it we, is infuriating. He, and, and
0: here's the thing. <clears throat> I've gotten marketing materials from so many people that are, are are pushing these junk science things. And I swear to you, every time I get one, I think that person is a charlatan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, that goes back to one of our really points. I I really would encourage every investigator who gets a case where you're going to vet the expert. Don't just look at the expert credentials, which we've already talked about, and verify, you know, how, did they really take these courses? Go right back to the very beginning. Do they have these degrees? Do they do they have cases out there, criminal cases, civil cases? And one of the the sad comments that I get, how sometimes from attorneys who aren't experienced is they'll say, well, this expert is 64 years old. Somebody, somebody already would have found this. I'm sure they already would have been backgrounded. I say no. That's not. That's not how you should be thinking. You need to be the one that's holding yourself and your client up to the the very best standard. Do the background. Do it now. You don't really know whether anybody's ever backgrounded this person.
0: No. And and at the end of the day, it's your job to background every person you're going to use, not just take everybody else's word for it. Here's here's the last bit of junk science I want to talk about. I really have gotten a kick out of reading this, other than the fact that it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, this this guy has developed this super secret, double top secret method of telling um, if someone is guilty by reviewing their 911 calls, and he's consulting with police departments around the country. Have you read anything about this, John?
1: Just a little bit, but uh, you and I have both been a fan of um, Bone Valley, and there's a little touch of that in some of the officers recollecting, uh, remember the recorded calls uh that basically versus i guess they were 911 calls how they're commenting on the demeanor of uh of leo and how he's just not convincing not realizing that he's talking off the phone to somebody else in the room which accounted for sort of for his you know uh, angry manner in certain calls and uh, again this is insane that, that you're diagnosing people through a phone call is and, basically and, all and, it is.
0: and furthermore okay by the time. Now, I know that sometimes the stoner calls 911 because (laughs) they can't find the pizza, but by the time someone's gotten to the point where they've dialed 911, there's a really good chance, if it's a legitimate 911 call, that they are in the very process of experiencing a trauma.
1: Absolutely. And
0: how one person reacts to a trauma and how another person reacts to a trauma are almost always going to be different number one but if you're not experiencing that trauma it's really difficult to judge what you would do in that situation
1: right and it's also different as we pointed out it's also difficult to diagnose or or figure out who else is is there you know some of these 911 calls as you can imagine there's other people in the room there's comments that are directed to other people uh, in a house or in a room during a 911 call. And, you know, to, to sort of try to figure out somebody's state of mind from a, from that and turn it into a pseudoscience is another dangerous junk science that unfortunately I think we're going to have to combat.
0: Well, let's do this. We're going to go to the hashtag for the week. If you find this on, uh, YouTube and want to comment, use the hashtag junk, junk science. If you're on Twitter uh, and you want to comment, number one, you can find us at PursuitMag on Twitter. You can find me at FindPI. And John, say yours one more
1: time. I am at AuthorPI on Twitter. AuthorPI. So
0: if you want to join us in any conversation about this on Twitter, uh, feel free to use any of those at signs, at Pursuit Mag at Find pi at author pi and then hashtag it junk science we'd love to hear what you have to say Um, that's going to bring us right up next to the end of the podcast again uh, for those of you that need continuing education you can use the discount code science 101 it's not case case sensitive when you check out on pi education just key that discount code in that'll get you 15 percent off of any course you want to take, John. Thanks so much for being here again today, and I'm looking forward to many, many more of these.
1: Yes, sir. This was fun, and we'll definitely have a great topic for next week. All right, Chief. Hey, and speaking
0: of. of speaking of what
1: what do we want to talk about next week? Well, we'll have to come up with something. I know we have we have a whole list of great topics for investigators, so we'll uh, we'll ponder that a little bit.
0: Okay, and those of you who are watching on the YouTube channel, um, feel free to leave comments in there on the YouTube channel um and let us know what you'd like for us to cover in the next um in the next uh sound of pursuit podcast and then again on twitter uh using the hashtag uh junk science if you want to tell us things you'd like for us to talk about on the sound of pursuit on twitter please do so we'd love to hear from you. Um that is it from the Sound of Pursuit. I'm Hal Humphreys. I'm John Nardizy and now a have quick, a great
1: week everybody. And now a quick shout out to our sponsors.